0: Welcome to episode 38 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Joining me to Stomp the Stigma today is Jennifer Kelly. We had so much to talk about that this will again be a two part episode. Part two, we get into her experience with ADHD. But in today's episode, part one, we get to talk all about her experience with self-love and learning how to accept herself for who she is. We cover a lot in this episode. We get to talk about how she learned that she is so much more than just her body. We talk about surviving domestic abuse and escaping that toxic relationship, realizing that she deserved so much more and that she needed to get out, plus We talk about her body image struggles and how they are not limited to larger bodies or even to women. We got to dig into how her perception of herself has changed and how she has learned to accept herself first. She has since chosen health, family, and happiness over her weight and she could not be happier. We covered quite a bit in this episode, so I hope you guys love it as much as I did Jennifer had such a calming presence you can hear it in my voice in this episode as I was editing I could hear how soft spoken I was compared to normal I had such a good time talking to her I hope you guys enjoy this one and tune in again next week for part two all about ADHD it was so nice to meet you
1: you too thanks for putting up with me and all my reschedules and mom life stuff
0: don't even worry first, I guess I want to thank you for coming on. I don't know. I don't know much about your story or your journey, just kind of that you have one to share and I'm excited to hear it. And I'm I'm grateful for being one of the lucky ones that gets to hear it. So thank you. Well,
1: thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm more than happy to share. I'd love to connect that way. So, Mm
0: -hmm. okay. You've been on such a journey uh, of Mm -hmm. self-love and self-acceptance and, navigating life with ADHD as well which I have recently I'm not diagnosed but I have been feeling more and more like I have ADHD a little bit and I I keep Uh seeing posts about people sharing like I don't know if it's uncommon symptoms or like symptoms that people don't normally associate with ADHD and I'm like oh my gosh that is so me (laughs)
1: And there are a lot of different markers that people never know could possibly be a side effect. The only thing is, is that a lot of the side effects or the the, the symptoms of ADHD kind of um, coexist with other mental health disorders too, Mm -hmm. so it's
0: hard. Um, I want to start with kind of your self-love journey because I think that is so important and something that so many people struggle with. I saw you recently posted kind of a side-by-side photo of yourself at two different Mm -hmm. weights. Um, And instead of calling it a before and after, you called it a then and now, which I absolutely love. Um, It's so important to remember that our bodies change over time. And I love that you promote body positivity and health over weight. I love that so much. When you look at those two pictures, what do you see then versus now, like other than the weight part of it?
1: Well, I mean, it's... To, to say that I make I can put like a post a poster picture like that to different weights side by side to say that I don't have some sort of mourning for the body that I had before would be totally disingenuous because there is yeah. like you know the idea of looking at it and being like oh I love the way that I looked I love the way that I you know I I felt energetic and the clothes I could wear but those are only small portions of how I felt um, in that smaller body I mean there was a lot of obsession um, with what I was eating and exercising and I've gotten to the point now where my first thought is, oh, I missed that. But my second thought is, but do I really? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of been a lot of retraining my brain to look deeper at the picture than the surface. Because it's easy to smile in a picture, but it's hard to hide pain or suffering in a picture. I mean, you, you can almost tell if the smile is genuine or not. Um, you know, it's just, it took a lot of relearning that the way that I looked and how my body was, was literally the least important thing about me. And how, you know, I'm, I'm expected to change. I've had children, we've just been through a pandemic with, you know, lockdowns and, and we've had shutdowns here and a lot of unknowns. And to think that there'd ever be a time that I would punish myself for being able to just make it through bad times in my life. It's just, to me, it's just unbelievable that I would ever have done, my, you know, done that to myself now. Mm-hmm. Giving yourself grace is so important, and your body's always going to change, always going to change. And to pretend it doesn't exist or hate yourself for it is just, you're fighting a losing battle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it literally is then. I mean, that was my body in that moment. It doesn't define who I was, doesn't make me a better person then, doesn't make me a better mother, a better friend, a better worker. It just means that I looked different and I was unhappy. So, in fact, I might have looked better, better but I was worse because I was so obsessed with my, my body. Mm -hmm. Now I'm more in tune with everything else, which is infinitely better.
0: I think that is huge. That is so important for people to hear. Cause I think so many people are so focused on the physical aspect or the, the looks and the outside, um, how people view them. But Kind of the media portrayal of beauty standards and all of that kind of thing it's so influential and people don't realize that there's so much more to life than than just yeah. the physical side
1: and even people who are you know are heavier or in larger bodies at this moment still have some sort of internalized fat phobia because all they ever see yeah. are smaller bodies so even though they might be somewhat okay in the body that they have now it's hard not to look at somebody who's bigger and have some sort of feeling about you know that's kind of gross I know I mean I've made posts about that too that even being in a larger body how I looked at larger bodies as you know mm-hmm. less than even though it was the same body as my own yeah and it wasn't because it was something that I wanted to feel it was just a, a phobia that I had been forced to have for my whole life
0: yeah that's something that I've struggled with a lot too is the just the body image um, issues I guess and, yeah. and accepting The way that I am. That's, wow, that's huge. Yeah. You also shared that you are a domestic abuse survivor. You don't have to share details if you don't want to, but um, did that experience affect the way that you felt about yourself and viewed yourself? Like, I'm sure there was some, some sort of a desire for acceptance by your partner in order to be happy with yourself.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't have a great self esteem beforehand. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. hard to um, that my self esteem was low at that point anyway. I think that's kind of what led me into this relationship with somebody who I was easily manipulated. Yeah. He was highly manipulative person, gaslighting, typical narcissistic abuse. And then um, during, yes, I mean, if whatever support that I had or self esteem that I had, totally taken out. And then my entire existence became about became about him, pleasing him and keeping things okay for him and then my kids yeah. after that. Yeah. And so there was like literally nothing left of me. It, it felt like every moment I was just falling on the sword and, and staying in a relationship that was obviously toxic because it just felt like maybe that's what I deserved. And then it took me being able to get out of that um, several years later. It was six years after we got married that I was able to kind of realize that this isn't okay. You know, I'm, I'm not okay, and because I'm not okay, you know, my kids are not going to be okay, mm-hmm. and the rest of my life is not going to be okay, and there's so much more for me out there, and so much more for them out there than this. So it took me really, like, just, it, when I ended the, the marriage, it was actually um, kind of, it had been building up, but it happened, like, on, in a split second. It, I had been working two jobs, and he didn't work any, and there was addiction involved in all of these things. And I was tired of it. I had come home from work one day and the kids, it was like two in the morning after working 16 hours, kids were still awake. You know, he had been drinking and I, I was like, I'm done. I can't, I can't take another second.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that was when it ended. And immediately once I, I, I verbalized it, I started to feel strong. I started to feel like I was important. Again, I started to feel like I, you know, I, I, I did the really hard thing and I'm, 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 everything that's going to happen after this because mm-hmm. it was a fight but it was it was a beautiful fight it was a fight not just for escaping domestic abuse and and being married to an addict it was a fight for me yeah you know and then in turn a fight for my children because if, if I don't fight they don't know how to they're too they were too young at the time so yeah I mean it just it was a, it was a rough go but it was worth every tear and and everything it was it was worth it
0: was there kind of a part of you that knew that it was not going to work from the beginning, do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. we were, it was like we were, when we first got together, we were just dating, and then um, I got pregnant, and I was like, this is not how I envisioned my life being, and as soon as I got pregnant, it felt like he thought that I was kind of locked in, so that's when everything came out, the addiction, the abuse, all of it came out. I and mean, I didn't have a great support system at that time. I didn't have family that was backing me up. I had just moved from, from Boston to Florida. So I was essentially alone and I, I knew it wasn't right, but I thought that I had gotten myself in this situation. This is just how I'm, how it's going to have to be.
0: Wow. So after that ended, there must've been like this huge kind of sense of relief and time to find yourself again and <laughs> who you are without, the influence of somebody else right
1: oh it was it was like and it's it's hard to kind of put it into words the feeling of of like the day that he moved out it was like at the point that he moved out i essentially like told him to take whatever in the house that he wanted i didn't even care anymore the fact that i could close that door when he left that day yeah and breathe for the first time in six years like really breathe it meant the next six years i was a single parent i was able to live yeah I was able to do the things that I wanted to do. I felt alive. I felt connected with my children. I felt connected with the person that I was prior to the relationship. All of those things that I had put away for so long because I didn't want to disrupt what was going on because I was scared um, were finally able to come out again. I mean, I, I, it just, it was a magical moment that day that I went to sleep that night for the first time in years and wasn't concerned about what the, what possibly bad could happen the next day. Oh
2: my gosh. Wow.
1: And it was, it was, you know, I, I, it's, I can't even describe it. It was, it was like being free. It was like being in prison and then being free.
0: I totally get that feeling after the relationship. I was in a relationship that wasn't not physically abusive, but it was just very toxic. And after that ended, and there was no kind of rules about what I could eat or how I could live my life. I just, I don't know the, uh, the sense of relief and and everything being lifted off of your shoulders like that is, and then being able to find who you are without all of these outside rules. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so happy for you.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was so scary. And I, I, I sometimes don't give myself credit enough. It's not, I mean, I, I, have the conversation and talk about how it went and the story behind it and everything. But I almost don't give myself enough credit for how much strength it took me in that moment because it was like, I, I was terrified, but I knew I, I had to do it. And then immediately it was like, I could, I like the whole weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And I just, I, I had done it. Yeah. Something that I would didn't think I would be able to do when I had done it.
0: Well, it's scary to take that huge step, but once it's done, then you're like, okay. This is the right decision. Like this is. Absolutely, worth
1: it. I didn't know what I was going to do the next day. I didn't know how I was going to raise two children by myself and pay a mortgage. And but I didn't care. Anything was better than how it was. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. You posted about um, your current partner being mm-hmm. smaller than you, which I think is such a great. Uh, I don't know how to describe that. That oh, I love that post because I feel Thank like. You. I don't know I relate to that so much as well there's these societal norms I guess that the man is typically taller than the woman bigger than the woman um, however you want to put that and it's not very often that you see the opposite and it's I feel like there's a lot of judgment around that as well and so being a woman that is maybe with or could be with somebody smaller than her. Um, I think there's a lot of you know, like being self-conscious. I don't know what you call that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I understand. Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was that's actually one of my favorite posts that I did. And I'm just, I'm happy that I got my husband to participate in it with me. He's a big on social media, but he understands um, what I was trying to say in that. And he supports yeah. it completely. But you know, in that, uh, you know, being the bigger partner can be frightening because you like think you said the social norms of the women being smaller and daintier and the men being heftier and having the bigger meals and we've decided yeah. that it's you know if it's the opposite or if it, that that's not the case then it's then it's wrong.
2: yeah,
1: and I had always struggled with my body being larger, and my husband always struggled with his body being smaller. I mean, it's he's you know he's a, he's always been really, really lean and that has always presented a problem for him with his mental health too. so it's mm-hmm it kind of opens your eyes that it's not just one-sided as far as um you know body struggles and body image struggles that being bigger has always been harder for us but the people who are smaller who just have always been smaller and wanted to to gain weight you know have body image struggles as well
2: so mm-hmm.
1: it was like it was like a double post in the sense that yes i'm the bigger partner and we it, i wouldn't change it for the world and we have a healthy relationship um loving and we don't have a, an expectation of the other person's body but also the fact that there are, you know, body image is like almost a universal thing. I don't think there's a person on this course who doesn't have a day where they struggle with body image. Mm -hmm. And it's not just larger people. It's people who are smaller who would like to have gained weight or um, people who are very short who want to be taller. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's everybody and, and and men too. I think we focus a lot on the fact that women have body image issues, but men have them too. I mean, they're very less vocal and I think it, like crying it almost they feel like it shows a sign of weakness Yeah, but they suffer with it too and you know if you have two people who have body image issues who are able to talk talk it through and have that healthy respect for each other's bodies despite what they look like um you know I never looked at my husband's body and was like oh my gosh he's so skinny he has chicken legs I've never even crossed my mind um and on the reverse like he didn't look at me as a larger girl or he was never like a chubby chaser and I hate that term Um, It just, the the love came from the person instead of the body. And that's where it's so much more important. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's love isn't about the physical. Yeah. You know, you love the person. And if you're really looking at somebody and just really loving their body, then you're, you're, you're passionate. You're lusting after their body. You're not really in love with the person.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's so important to talk about the fact that body image, issues or struggles are not limited to larger people and not limited to just women because there is so much more of a stigma around men talking about their feelings and and their struggles at all because they could be portrayed as being weak or less manly and that that's yeah. huge
1: yeah and that, i think that's where we, we breed all of this you know this hate around women's bodies because You know, and then men have that too, but they're not allowed to vocalize that. We've come to a point now that we're able to talk about that more, and it's more accepted. But men still have this thing where, like, you know, we don't have any issues with our body. You know, I think that's a lot of projecting when you see all these nasty comments on people's Instagram posts or women's Instagram posts with men making nasty comments. A lot of that is projection because they don't know how to deal with their own feelings about their body. Mm -hmm. So they put it on other people.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You posted a lot about self-acceptance or seeking acceptance from others in order to accept and love yourself which again I relate so much to and I think so many women or and people in general out there would relate to but what made you kind of realize that validation from others wasn't the answer like what changed for you
1: well it's so many things, you know, I mean, I think just as a general, I think as humans, we tend to seek validation from others. I don't think there's ever a point where we're ever going to be free from the idea that, you know, acceptance is important. And I think that just maybe come from like a code in our genetic DNA that part of the herd almost is important because that's protection. But just a lot over time, it's just like I've, I've beat myself so m- up so much about it, and I I almost think a lot of the times it's mostly myself thinking that this person thinks that about me, and they're not yeah. even worried about me at all. They're having their own problems. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just the idea that acceptance is you know something that somebody can give you, but it's more important that you give it to yourself. Yeah. Nobody can validate you. You have to validate yourself, essentially.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And
1: it's just it's just I think a series of. I think a combination of age and the constant chasing of it and never actually getting it because I wasn't accepting myself. So maybe I was being accepted by the people, but I hadn't learned to accept myself yet. So Mm -hmm. I didn't get the full acceptance or full validation because I wasn't doing it for myself yet.
0: So That is such a good point that a lot of the times it's all internal for us um, and the way that we maybe perceive the outside world.
1: Yeah, I make a lot of posts about that because I think that's one of the things that people forget is that we're so inclined to think that people are thinking about us, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times they're so wrapped up in what's going on with them, and they're not thinking about us at all, and we spend so much time worrying about other people's perceptions, and it, those other people aren't concerned about us at all because their lives are so wrapped up in what, what they look like, and
0: yeah. who's
1: thinking about them, and and all these things, so...
0: Was there a low point or kind of a turning point for you when you realized that the search for self-acceptance or acceptance from others was not reality?
1: Well, there's been a lot of ups and downs. I've lost and gained weight my whole life, you know, several times doing it drastically, losing, you know, 80 to 100 pounds. And at the lowest point, you know, my lowest weight point of those journeys came my lowest feelings about myself. Um, And this last time I lost a good amount of weight in 2017, 2018. And at my lowest weight at that point, I just felt like crap. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, I know, was like, okay, I'm I'm coming close to it. And and as I get older, it gets harder and I'm having to push more for it. And it just, I I just got exhausted. I got exhausted by constantly chasing something that I knew wasn't attainable because there's no way or not attainable, but sustainable. There was no way I was going to try to lose all this weight with the measures that I was taking and be able to keep it up. Um, not while trying to live a healthy and happy life with my family. I mean, I, I spent so much time obsessing about the weight loss that I lost so much on the other end that it there's just not sustainable long
2: term. Yeah,
1: And I got so exhausted of, you know, sitting down to a meal that wasn't planned or like calculated out on my phone and then feeling like, like feeling horrible about it or like, what can I do to exercise this off? I just got too exhausted by the constant back and forth and beating myself up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it kind of just um towards the end of that weight loss and started, when I started to creep back up, I was like, I just want to be able to eat. I just want to be able to enjoy my family. I want to move in ways that don't feel like I'm punishing myself. And I just, I think, I think that's basically what it was. I just got tired of fighting myself
2: all the time. Yeah.
1: In a battle that was not, I wasn't going to win. You know, my body is never going to be, Five foot ten, 105 pounds. I'm just, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, so a pure exhaustion. Wow. And life is just too short. Yes.
0: Oh, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. You've been really open about your battle with PCOS as well. Mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place. Oh, it's um, all right. No, no, no. <laughs> which has caused kind of excess um, body hair on your face and on your chest, but mm-hmm. also causing you to lose your hair on your head, which, yeah. oh, that breaks my heart. Uh, and I can only imagine, like, how, with the societal kind of standards that there are, um, mm-hmm. whether they're good or bad, I can only imagine how heartbreaking that is as a woman, um, and how that has affected your view of yourself. But, um I know that you, you've you kind of embraced that side of yourself now. Um, how were you able to do that? Because that just seems so difficult to me.
1: Well, I haven't, got like, honestly, I, the hair, like, losing um, hair, I don't know that I'll ever get over. Yeah. That is one of those things because it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, and I hate to say that, like, hair makes a look, or it just feels like, you know, losing your hair, it just kind of, I, I don't know. It's hard to do anything with, with the hair that I have, and it's just like I feel like I'm constantly just having to grind up call it a the day, and that's not what I want to do, but that's just the way that it works best for me. Yeah. So I'm not sure I'm ever going to completely get over that. I've realized that there's nothing that I can do to stop it. There really isn't a way to reverse the hair loss. You know, I can cover it up, or I can, you know, have hairstyles that make it look a little better, but you're still going to notice it's thin, and just knowing that I can't change it, and it's not something I chose. It's not like I woke up one day and decided to you know pull my hair out mm-hmm. um you know it's, it's just these aren't things that i can control it's something that my body has you know has done and this is just what it is so i can either accept it and deal with it and try to find ways to move around it or i'm literally going to be every day worried about you know my, how, my hair falling out or how it looks or um the hair on my chin or whatever So. It's not like it's. I don't think about it and it doesn't bother me. It's just got to the point where I've accepted the fact that it is not something that I can change. So I have to incorporate it into my life. And I think the best way to be not ashamed of something is to acknowledge it and to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm not alone in the struggle. It's it's a lot more common than people think that it is. Um, but you know, women have this great ability to hide things, either yeah. shaving or waxing or. Um, Doing whatever we can to hide it because we don't want anybody to know that it exists, but yeah. it's very common and it's just, it's something that happens and I, I think the best thing to do is just to be open about it and then other people feel sane and then, you know, I feel great about people realizing that they don't have to feel like they have to hide. Because it's just, it's so much work trying to hide your body, hide, you know, your PCOS if you have it, hide your body here. I mean, it, it's, it's life, you're human. I mean, this is how your body has grown. It's everything about it is special. You know, it's, it's not wrong. You can you know you can't control it.
0: Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so happy for you, and your story is so inspirational. Yeah. Thank you. I know you. that yeah, this
1: it's, is taking a lot to grow into to grow into myself, but yeah. I'm st- I'm still a work in progress, and I'm 41 years old, so I'll probably <laughs> be forever changing.
0: Well, I know that this is a never ending journey, and like we're constantly growing and becoming better every day. So for you, what is something that you are looking forward to as you continue to learn about yourself and, and love yourself?
1: Well, I just, I, I don't know. There's so, there's so many things that I want to do and so many, I, I want to be able to get, um, to talk more. I like, I love doing this podcast. This was great. Thank you. Um, I want to be able to talk more about it. I think, Yeah. I think being able to be more vocal about it and like I said, makes people feel seen. And, and women know that these things that they're going through are not um, simply their own feelings, even though I think most of us know that we're not the only ones who feel bad about our bodies or feel horrible about our stretch marks or have PCOS or have you know, hair on our chin. We know we're not alone, but to see other people open up about it, it kind of brings a sense of relief. So I would definitely like to be able to get out there and talk more about it. I've kind of taken like a little bit of a social media break lately, it's just been like I have a love hate relationships with it, so I've kind of stepped mm-hmm. back a little bit and kind of um, just watched from the sidelines, and it's been wonderful. But I do definitely want to learn how to speak about it more, yeah, um, and how to bring more to it. And if, as far as myself, forever, I'm gonna be forever. You know, things are gonna make me. You know, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I might have a bad body day and, and the next day I'll feel better. But it's learning how to switch switch those bad body images days right around um, mm-hmm. and I'm still learning like it's it's I still get trapped up in it where I walk by the mirror that's downstairs the full body mirror and I'm just like oh my gosh you know this yeah. is really what I look like right now and learning how to turn it around is really, really important I'm still learning that but mm-hmm. I'm happy to be a student of it forever I mean as long as I never stop learning then I have never stopped trying and that's yeah. the most important thing.
0: Oh, absolutely. Part of the journey is realizing or accepting that not every day is going to be great. Like mm-hmm. you will have those bad body image days, but it's, it's how you handle them and how you, you turn those around.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the learning. It's, and that's, I think I see people all the time post about, you know, this doesn't have a destination and it really doesn't have a destination. I mm-hmm. don't think anybody ever wakes up one day fully accepting themselves. I think it's constantly learning Unlearning bad habits and yeah. thoughts and relearning good ones, and then putting them into practice, and then it gets easier. But it's never perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would want to say to anyone out there that is struggling with body image issues or self love or self acceptance?
1: Other than the you know really practice that first thought, second second thought thing, where you know your first thought is bad. You know you've woken up, you looked in the mirror, and you hate yourself. The idea is, is, and you have to intentionally think about something good. I think that is the first step and that will always be the first step is, you know, this is how you feel right now, but you're going to do some affirmations in the mirror or um, you look at yourself and you know, think about all the things that you love about yourself. It's training your brain to to switch, switch around that narrative right away and never stop trying. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's, you know, it's going it, to, it's going to suck. And it, and it really is, and there are going to be days that you just don't think that you can get past how you're feeling. Your feelings are valid, honor them, you know, but consistently think about the wonderful things and how wonderful you are beyond your body, and just never stop trying, right. you know, learning and loving and practicing the self-love, and it's not like just practicing self-love, like getting a new hot bath and putting a face mask on, but, you know, thinking about the parts of your body that are perfect you know like your brain how intelligent you are how how strong you are things that are outside your looks
0: mm-hmm. and that's not something that's going to happen overnight either with anything it takes time to to build up to that and train your body how to um kind of automatically think in a certain way same yeah. with i guess if you're starting like weight training or anything like that you're not going to see results the next day it t- it's going to take time and and i think that. Is kind of discouraging for a lot of people or people are impatient in that way but oh it's so important to remember that it, it takes time
1: it does like anything good anything good you're going to have highs and lows yeah good days and bad days and sometimes it's going to go great and sometimes it's not um, but yeah and, and the best part about it is the journey like again there is no destination and the actual best voting part is in the details mm-hmm.
0: Thanks for tuning in today, you guys. I hope you loved this episode. Tune in again next week for part two as we switch gears and talk about Jennifer's experience with ADHD and more of the mental health side of things. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC and you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.